You're listening to the ONP Check-In, an SPS podcast. This podcast brings you the latest happenings in the ONP industry. We're unpacking trends and news from this tight-knit orthotics and prosthetics community. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jackie Green. I'm a marketing specialist at SPS. And I'm Brendan Erickson, regional sales manager here at SPS. Welcome back to our listeners. If you're new to the ONP Check-In, here is what you can expect. In each episode, we provide a quick SPS update and discuss hot topics in O&P with leading professionals in the industry. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Tracking shipments? Waiting on hold? Out of stock issues? We know you face it all every day, and the Oser Legs program is designed to ease the strain. There's no surprises. Your orders arrive in one box, ready to prepare for your patient. Standard shipping is even included. Talk to your SPS sales account manager to learn the detailed benefits. Yeah, thank you, Oser. Now, Jackie, what's going on with SPS? We have a newly launched unboxing video featuring Elevate Dynamics, FreeFlow, Glide, and Helix Band. Nice, the video is called Elevate Dynamics, FreeFlow, Glide, and Helix Band Unpacked. Liz did a great job with this one. Check out our YouTube channel to see Liz unboxing the free flow, the Glide AFOs, and the Helix Band. Or follow the links in our show notes to learn more. I'm excited to welcome today's guest, Phil Stevens. Phil is a director within Clinical and Scientific Affairs with Hanger, where he develops evidence-based clinical programs designed to help patients improve their orthotic and prosthetic outcomes. Phil is also an upper limb prosthetic specialist Welcome, Phil. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Brendan. Thank you. Good to be with you today. Absolutely. Thanks again, man. Phil, how about you start us off? Just share a little bit about yourself for our listeners who haven't had the pleasure to meet you in person yet. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, You know, I I wondered what maybe the best way to introduce myself would be. You know, what I'll say is that um, this profession has been uh, really good to me over the years. It's really given me some cool experiences. You know, in addition to the awesome day-to-day experiences that we that we have, just by virtue of being clinical prosthetists and clinical orthotists, uh, I've been fortunate enough to treat uh, patients around the world, to teach practitioners around the world. Uh, so the profession's been been really good to me. Uh, I'm past president of the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists. Uh, right now, I'm one of four editors for the Atlas of Amputations and Limb Deficiencies. We're working on the fourth edition, and uh, I'll just drop this for your li- uh, your listeners. The uh, the next edition of the Atlas is coming out next summer, so that project is well underway. Wow, that's uh, quite a list there. Uh, mine stops after just my name, and you went for a good <laughs> couple that's sentences. Impressive so resume. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Oh man, thank you so much for joining us. So you are here to share with us about your team's study published in the Journal of Rehabilitation and Assistive Technologies Engineering. So can you talk a little bit about what the OASIS series is and what does it stand for for people like me yeah, yeah. who are so, not on top of it? <laughs> <laughs> so with Hanger, right, uh, we, we, have a, we have series and all of our series are acronyms. So I think, you know, a lot on the audience may be familiar with the MAT series, which we just wrapped up maybe a year or so ago. And so OASIS is another series. It's another acronym and it stands for uh, the Outcomes Assessment and Dissemination Series. Um, and the premise of this OASIS series is, is sort of this recognition that our institute, the Hanger Institute, is uniquely positioned to provide some insight and, and answer some questions that have not historically been answered. 
Um, when you think about the, the breadth of our patient care across the country, and then you couple that with our commitment to the collection of validated outcomes, we have a lot of data. Um, and in an era where healthcare decisions are now expected to be informed by big data, uh, we've been able to start to provide some of those types of resources. Well, great. And, and you mentioned it's a series, so obviously there's different versions. Can you tell us about Oasis One or the first iteration? What, what was that about? Sure. So yeah, Oasis One was, uh, was our first shot there. Uh, we tackled micro, microprocessor controlled knees, or uh, MPKs. Um, there's now a pretty impressive evidence base for MPKs with a lot of clinical trials uh, and a number of systematic reviews of those trials. Uh, in fact, there's enough evidence that a few years ago we published a set of clinical practice guidelines that kind of defined some of the benefits that the evidence has identified with this technology. So this would be things like reduced stumbles and falls, increased confidence across more walking surfaces, uh, reduced cognitive burden of ambulation, uh, things like that. But as you take a closer look at that published evidence, uh, you start to realize that almost all of it comes from the MPKs of a single manufacturer. So kudos to Autobach for investing some significant resources in, into painting that picture and getting that evidence out there. But it starts to beg the question, given uh, that all the MPKs that we have out there have distinct architecture, distinct control inputs, distinct control algorithms, uh, can we assume that all MPKs have the same functional benefits uh, as those that have been defined in the literature? And as we started to look at some of the additional literature out there, there were a few publications that began to suggest that this might not be the case. So, uh, so we looked retrospectively at about 600 patients, uh, all of which were using one of the four most commonly provided MPKs in the industry. And we looked at their prosthetic mobility, we looked at their self-reported well-being, and most importantly, we looked at their injurious fall rates. And what we found was that while there was relative parity with respect to things like mobility and well-being, there were some significant differences with respect to the rate of injurious falls experienced by these users. So that data and that paper began to suggest that there were some important differences in the performance of these different makes and models of MPKs. Wow, that's that's fascinating. So how how does this relate specifically the Oasis One study versus your newly released Oasis Two study? Sure. So if Oasis One was focused on MPKs on knees, in Oasis Two we pivot over to feet. Uh, so with Oasis Two, uh, we looked at feet more specifically. Um, we felt like it would be appropriate to begin to look at the prosthetic mobility associated with, with different feet types, especially uh, with prosthetic feet associated with the L5987 billing code. Um, I, I think, as most of your listeners will appreciate, it was at the end of 2020 that PDAC made some pretty impactful coding assignments based on a rather problematic policy in which coding assignment was based on mechanical features instead of biomechanical performance. Now, that's problematic because there are some pretty high-performance feet out there that derive similar biomechanical performance from things like advanced materials and geometry without the added weight and build height of a distinct mechanical feature. So we did another retrospective analysis, some similarities there with Oasis 1. Uh, this time we looked at over 500 patients, and we broke them down into four groups. 
So we looked at individuals that were using PDAC declared 5987 feet. So, so feet that PDAC uh, assigned the 5987 code to. Uh, then we looked at those feet that had historically been billed as 5987 feet, but PDAC had reassigned to the L5981 code. Uh, then we looked at feet that had historically been billed as 5987 but were not submitted to PDAC. Uh, so therefore, they're no longer eligible for, for uh, Medicare reimbursement. And finally, we looked at uh, PDAC declared 5981 feet. So with all of these feet, uh, we're looking at the associated prosthetic mobility of, of their users. And our hypothesis was that the prosthetic mobility associated with these newly assigned 5981, in the article we refer to these as modified feet, uh, we, we suggested that those feet, or, or the mobility associated with those feet, would be closer to the PDAC 5987 feet than the legacy PDAC 5981 feet. Right. And so, so you're, you're basically taking all of this data from the past, putting the proof in the pudding, and discovering the differences between the feet that you have and what PDAC is associating as certain L codes, right? So w what did you discover from this? I mean, if, if there's a one takeaway, what's the discovery? Sure, sure. Couple, couple key takeaways. Uh, the first, uh, for those that are interested, uh, the easiest way to find the article is probably to bop over to our website. Just go to hangerclinic.com backslash oasis2. Uh, there's some summaries there that will give you a quick overview of the findings. Uh, and also there at the top, you'll find uh, links to the full study on the publisher's site if you're interested in that full article. Uh, so the first thing we found was that prosthetic mobility is, in fact, higher among users of L5987 feet than users of L5981 feet. Now, that's, that's not a new finding. Um, we saw similar results in an earlier publication from our MAT series, that would be MAT5, where we looked at prosthetic mobility among diabetic and dysvascular patients. Uh, but it's always good when we see that consistency between different data sets, between different studies, different analyses. Um, also, there was no significant difference in functional mobility for individuals with prosthetic feet that had their coding modified to 5981 compared to those feet that retained their L5987 designation. Now, if we break that down and take a closer look at individual feet, what we saw was that uh, the Fillour All Pro, which was one of these modified feet that was reassigned to the 5981 code, well, that foot was associated with a prosthetic mobility at the same level as the L5987 feet, the feet that PDAC had assigned to that code, uh, more specifically uh, the Triton VS and the Rush Rogue. So those three feet were really the top performers in, in our study and were associated with a higher prosthetic mobility than that which was associated with the L5981 feet. Why specifically are these results significant for improving patient outcome and how, how do you see them improving patient outcome down the road and how can we apply this? Sure, sure. So uh, our results highlight a few things. Um, first of all, uh, L5987 are associated with higher levels of prosthetic mobility than L5981 feet. They just are. Right? We, we've confirmed that from uh, now on a second study. And it's important for clinicians out there to know and appreciate and remember uh, that, that reality. Uh, but also, it's this idea that real-world clinical outcomes are starting to suggest that measured functional performance may be preferable to things like visible characteristics 
as a pathway towards the highest performance for that end user. And then just to add maybe a final thought there, it's this realization that having the ability to objectively measure, analyze, and disseminate real-world functional outcomes can enable clinical providers to make informed, unbiased decisions about patient care, which, again, will ultimately re result in enhanced outcomes. Wow, you guys are doing the, the God's work here. I mean, this is really <laughs> awesome, um, especially for our industry, because I think it, we, we need the data, we need the support. Um, so what, what's next for Oasis? What can we see coming down the road? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we have not uh, chosen our next set of clinical questions to address, but, but the hallmark of this Oasis series will continue to be our ability to get a little bit more granular than a product category and actually look at the specific performance of individual components. Uh, what that will be, uh, stay tuned, we'll see. So is there anything else that you would really like to add or you wanna go back over and touch on or share with our listeners today? I mean, I think as we wrap up, um, I, this is just a, a, an appropriate time to thank all of those involved in the project. Uh, th this certainly includes my co-authors on the paper, but it goes well beyond that. Um, I, I need to thank my colleagues around the country who have managed to integrate outcomes into their daily practice habits. Uh, I also need to thank the patients, right? The patients who take the time to complete those outcomes. You know, we talked about a study of over 500 patients taken from clinics across the country. So it's probably not an exaggeration to suggest that there were over 800 people who ultimately contributed to the insights gained from this paper. So to any of those who may come across this webinar, um, or podcast, I should say, uh, yeah, thank you for your help in facilitating the data that we need to better inform patient care in the field. Well said. We, we thank you guys as well. You guys are doing awesome work. And Phil, we really, really appreciate you. And especially since you're such a busy guy, taking the time for us for this interview. And we certainly appreciate you. You bet. Brandon, Jackie, thank you for your time. Thank you. If you would like to check out the study or any of the other links mentioned in this interview, see the links in our show notes. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to the ONP Check-In, an SPS podcast. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review the show to help fellow ONP professionals find us. We'd also like to hear from you directly. What topics do you want us to cover? Do you have any burning questions? Email us with your thoughts and feedback at SPSpodcast at SPSCO.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.